It's Philosophy Talk. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Is there a man on the moon? Is there life on Mars? If E.T. phones home, will anybody be there to pick up? CQ, CQ, this is W9GFO. Is anybody out there? In the vastness of the entire cosmos, is it really possible that Earth is the only planet with life? Do you think there's people on other planets? I don't know, Sparks. But I guess I'd say, if it is just us, it seems like an awful waste of space. How would discovering evidence of life in the cosmos affect how we live our lives here on Earth? You ever have the suspicion that you've been abducted by aliens? Can we still maintain that we alone are made in the image and likeness of God? Our guest is Paul Davies, author of The Eerie Silence, renewing our search for alien intelligence. Are we alone? I want to be alone. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Hi, I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. If you're enjoying this episode of Philosophy Talk, won't you consider supporting the show? Your donation of any size will help us stay on the air and online. Where we can continue to question everything. Accept your intelligence. And help people think about things differently. Just go to philosophytalk.org and click donate at the top of the page. Thank you for listening. Thank you for thinking. And thank you for supporting Philosophy Talk. Are we alone in the universe? Or is the cosmos teeming with life? What difference would it make if we found the answer? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Josh Landy. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where I teach philosophy and Josh directs the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today we're asking, are we alone? It's the eighth and final episode in our series, A Philosophical Guide to the Cosmos. Josh, I, I can't believe it. We just can't be alone. We can't be. Look, some people estimate that there may be as many as 100 billion planets or even more in the Milky Way. So there just has to be life out there somewhere, maybe even intelligent life. Maybe, maybe not. We're never going to know either way. I mean, get, look, the universe is enormous. I mean, given that and, and the laws of physics, it's a pretty sure bet E.T. isn't about to ring your doorbell any day soon. <laughs> well, Josh, Josh, maybe not. But I think you're way too hung up on the limits of current technology. Oh, oh so you're imagining warp drive like in Star Trek? Or, I don't know, maybe. Maybe jumps through hyperspace like, like in Star Wars. That's cool. That stuff's not real, Ken. Not now, Josh. <laughs> Probably not ever. Well. Uh, tell that to early humans who gazed out over a vast ocean and imagined unknown realms that they might someday reach. Or, or, or to the first people who looked longingly to the sky with dreams of flight. I mean, who's to say, Josh, we'll never find evidence of life on other worlds? Well, even if we could find evidence, why should we care? Oh, Josh, come on. What? what? Well, look, it would have no practical significance. I, I've got no objection to you letting your imagination run wild. I mean, look, I'm a literature guy. I, I love made-up stories. I I'm just saying... Don't lose sight of what really matters. And that would be? That would be life here on Earth. We've got a ton of work to do. We've got diseases to cure, social wrongs to right, an environment to save. Okay, Josh, look, look, I'm going to grant all that, but even those oh-so-practical problems require an unrestrained imagination, and that's what we're talking about here. Okay, but spending great sums of money, and that's also what we're talking about, on the tiny hope. There might be life out there somewhere, life we almost certainly will never meet, even if it does exist. That seems 
Scandal. Scandalous? Oh, come on, Josh. The discovery of alien life, any kind of life, microbes, mice, or, or little green men, especially little green men, would be one of the most impactful discoveries in the history of humankind. Right up there with Copernicus, right up there with Darwin. It would change everything, Josh. Everything? Even the color of my couch? Well, okay, maybe not the color of your couch. Okay, <laughs> I grant you that. But it would. Definitely alter our understanding of ourselves and our place in the universe. Uh, just think of Christianity. Take one example. is It teaches us that we are made in the image and likeness of God, that we're central, oh so central to the divine plan. But if it turns out that the universe is teeming with intelligent life, well, then we're just bit players in the great scheme of things after all, Josh. Yeah, but don't we know that already? I mean, don't we already know that we inhabit one small planet around one insignificant star in one galaxy in a universe that contains untold numbers of other galaxies and stars and, and yeah, sure, planets too. And you're, you're not seriously trying to tell me that you're not even the least bit curious about all those other planets. Well, a little bit, but I, I just can't see why it's worth spending the resources it would take to find out about them. I mean, whether we're all alone in the universe or whether it's as crowded with life as you hope, human beings are still going to live and love and fight and die just the same as we always have done. Yeah, yeah, Josh, but come on. Just suppose that evolution has had a million different chances on a million different planets to do its thing and to design intelligent life. Wouldn't that blow your mind? Wouldn't you want to know? How humans compare to other intelligent life forms, like for whether we're at the pinnacle or the nadir of all that evolution? Well, that's the question, Ken. I mean, look, suppose someday we do manage to make contact with advanced aliens. Think about it from their point of view. Uh, after all their efforts to reach us, all the excitement and wonder about the possible wisdom they might gain, all they end up with is... Us. Oh, do, do you really want to be around to witness their cosmic disappointment? <laughs> oh, gosh, Josh. Well, you, you got me there. Touche, <laughs> touche. But I do love the way you're thinking about this now. Well, don't get too carried away. I, I, I still doubt this kind of thing will ever actually happen. But but I am willing to concede that this debate is an important and long-standing one, and, and you and I aren't going to settle it right this minute. Well, and you know, for some Earthlings, dreams of alien encounters are more than just thought experiments. So we sent our non-alien roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDee, to talk to some of those seekers. She files this report. People have considered life outside Earth for thousands of years. Greek philosophers as far back as the 3rd century BC believed in parallel universes. Author Katie Haney remembers making contact with extraterrestrials as an 8-year-old growing up in Minnesota. Sort of. I do have this memory of having seen a UFO that I am not at all sure is a real memory and may very well be a dream. She watched the sky for signs of aliens and yearned for proof they were out there. I would tell my dad, like, I wanted to see a UFO or, or wanted, you know, there to be something confirmed so badly. He would, A, make fun of me and B, say, you know, it's never gone well for the existing civilization someplace when another civilization comes to visit them. Tucker to Captain Archer. Go ahead. We're not alone down here. We're on our way. But even if we're all alone, Haney certainly isn't the only one who believes UFO sightings may be connected to outside galaxies. In the late 1940s, some kind of flying object crashed near Roswell, New Mexico. By the late 70s, Area 51 had become the subject of conspiracy theories, 
aliens soon invaded popular culture with films like Star Wars, E.T., Space Odyssey, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And by the 90s, The X-Files. They call me Spooky. Spooky Mulder. I'm the key figure in an ongoing government charade, a plot to conceal the truth about the existence of extraterrestrials. Flash forward a few decades later. In December 2017, the New York Times published a report detailing how the Defense Department had spent about $22 million over five years on a program keeping tabs on unidentified aerial phenomena. The report also says the Pentagon was storing metal alloys from those UFOs in Las Vegas. I was like, I told you so. Like, everyone who made fun of me for this, you're wrong. And it's now in the paper of record. But people didn't freak out as much as Haney expected. The Pentagon's UFO program was swallowed into the breaking news black hole. It just feels low maybe on some people's list of pressing concerns because it's literally about life outside of Earth and... and You know, maybe people are like, I've got enough to worry about on this planet, let alone other ones. Unlike the Roswell days, the possibility of extraterrestrial life no longer grabs headlines. It's practically mainstream science. NASA has a goal to answer the question, are we alone? Tom Barclay is a research scientist at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. You know, a government agency, which are often thought of as fairly conservative and staid, can have this goal of answering the question if there's life beyond our solar system. Barclay studies exoplanets, planets that orbit a star outside our solar system. Astronomers have now identified roughly 3,500 exoplanets. We've just launched the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, known as TESS. One, zero. Liftoff, the SpaceX Falcon 9 carrying TESS, a planet-hunting spacecraft that will search for new worlds beyond our solar system. TESS is going to do a survey of the nearest and brightest stars, looking for planets around them. He expects to find extraterrestrials before the end of his lifetime. Some don't buy it, but people at least take the claim seriously now. Even a decade ago, you know, if someone asked you what you're interested in and you said searching for life, or searching for aliens, or searching for E.T., people would frown at you, you'd kind of get dismissed. People would, some people would even get angry at you because you're not doing real science. Now that's gone. As for UFOs, he's skeptical the government is hiding details about flying objects piloted by aliens. Primarily because nobody can keep a secret. I just have a hard time believing that so many people who've seen things could all be wrong. And that's where Katie Haney, the writer, and Thomas Barkley, the scientist, part ways. America's flying saucer phase may be fizzling out, but Haney is okay with that. You know, I say that I want proof, but I'm not sure that I actually do. I I might prefer to have this special thing that only some people believe in and kind of keep it as my fun, personal research hobby than to have it be just common, mainstream, accepted science. So in some ways feeling somewhat alone among earthlings isn't all that bad when it seems like aliens are closer to home. E.T. Home phone. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed.